0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this podcast is sponsored by Dreamland Baby Co. I want to introduce you to a product that hundreds of thousands of parents are using to help their babies sleep, the Dreamland Baby Weighted Sleep Sack. It started with Tara, a mom just like you and me, who couldn't get her baby to sleep. She was exhausted, frustrated, and in search of answers. Her solution? To create a weighted sleep sack that your baby can safely wear to help them feel calm, fall asleep faster, and stay asleep longer. Genius. The award-winning shark tank and doctor approved Dream Weighted Sleep Sack features cover calm technology, evenly distributed weight from baby's shoulders to toes that naturally reduces stress, allowing your little one to relax and sleep soundly. Parents worldwide are using the Dream Weighted Sleep Sack to help their newborns to age three get the sleep they need. So, if you have a baby that's having difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, this is the safe, effective product of your dreams. Three and thirty listeners get twenty percent off site wide by using the code three and thirty at checkout. Go to dreamlandbabyco.com and enter the discount code three and thirty at checkout. Welcome to Three and Thirty a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. This week, I got a text from my little sister, Laura, that seemed just so appropriate for the podcast topic we are covering today, and I asked her permission to read it here. For context, Laura is pregnant with her fourth baby due in May, and then she has a two, five, and seven year old. And this is what she texted me. My kids' new church teachers came over tonight to meet them, which was so nice of them, but it was sheer pandemonium. I mean, absolute chaos. Nora was shrieking the entire time because it was past her bedtime. Alice was being insanely cute and charming as always, until she got out her treasure box to show her teachers, and Luke saw some of his stuff in her treasure box, and they started full-on brawling. I mean, madness. And Sam, of course, was still at work. Then in all caps, Laura added, my life is a circus, with a clown emoji and a laughing face. Laura, this week's episode is dedicated to you <laughs> and to all of you mamas out there who are in the midst of a chaotic season of motherhood where you are taking care of little people with big needs and big emotions. For this topic, I'm thrilled to interview Molly Alexander, who is the communications manager for 3 and 30 and a dear friend of mine. If you've emailed the 3 and 30 podcast inbox, you've probably interacted with Molly and you know how incredibly compassionate, warm, and welcoming she is. She makes friends everywhere she goes, and it makes me smile when I peek in the email inbox and see that many emails are now coming in directly addressed to her because many listeners have gotten to know her, and they recognize her commitment to and love for this worldwide community of mothers. If you have not yet had the pleasure of meeting Molly, you will get the chance to get to know her today, and I can't wait for you to learn from her. Molly lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma with her husband, their four children, and their new dog, much like my little sister, I think Molly would lovingly say that her life is a circus and she wouldn't have it any other way. Here's my conversation with her about enjoying your little children. Here we go. Molly, I am thrilled to be interviewing you today. Welcome to 3 and 30. Rachel, this is crazy. It's so fun to be here, like with you on air. <laughs> I know. Other side of the microphone, anybody listening, I know I mentioned in that introduction that Molly has been the communications manager for 3 and 30 for three years. So she has gotten the behind the scenes look at how everything with this podcast runs. And for years, we've talked about wanting to do an episode together. I wanted her wisdom recorded for all of you to hear. So thank you for joining me on air, Molly. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you for thinking I have wisdom or at least believing I do because it helps me believe in myself. Well, you for sure do. And I know so many listeners have gotten to know you through the really heartfelt email responses that you've sent to listeners who've emailed in. You've been at all the workshops. I know people know you and love you and appreciate the wisdom that you've shared with them one on one. And so it's really fun for me to get to share you broadly. And before we start, I want you to tell everybody a little bit about your family and give some context for why we are addressing this topic today that we chose to talk about together.
1: Yes, of course. I'm married to my husband, Jeff. We have four kids. Nora is seven. Brooks is five. June is almost four. And Mackie is two. Mm -hmm. So... Once we got started having kids, we just knew we wanted them to be close together. And so Nora, my oldest, was just barely five when my baby,
0: Maxie, was born. So four kids, five and under.
1: Yes, four
0: and five. And it's been a whirlwind and I would do it all again. Yeah. And I feel like I've gotten to watch it up close and personal because when you started working for me, you had two kids. And then over the years, you know, you added two more, so... I've been sort of a witness to two pregnancies with little ones and juggling a lot of needs. And you've done it with grace and also with a lot of honesty. We've had a lot of talks about how hard it has been yeah. and the ups and downs. And also, your husband was in school. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, in 2018, he decided we decided but it was very much a joint decision for him to quit his job and go back to school. He had a degree in film and then he decided to go back to school to become a cardiovascular regionist, which meant a year of prerequisites, twenty-one months of grad school. And I'm just so glad we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into because I don't think it would have made any sense. Had I really known what everything would entail, I just don't think we could have done it. Yeah.
0: You would have thought that you couldn't do it. Yeah. I would have have known.
1: Yeah, exactly. And Mm -hmm. because his last year was rotations, we tried to stay in Charleston where we went to grad school. We tried to stay for those rotations, but two of those rotations ended up being in Seattle. So we lived in Airbnbs
0: in Seattle and Tacoma in two different airbnbs
1: yeah so we lived (laughs) during that time with both grandparents temporarily and then two different airbnbs and like being in someone else's house for a couple hours with your kids is stressful because they touch things and break things and so like living there was crazy stressful but Uh by the second airbnb we knew what to do we'd hurry and put away all their cute decor and like moved everything up to the highest shelf and tried to like baby proof it. You know they're like glass of vases that like Mackie's eye level. I'm, anyway. <laughs> so it was really fun. I've never been that into traveling, and so it really forced us to just have fun,
0: kind of live out of our car, what we could fit there <laughs> with all of our kids. Yeah, with four tiny kids, I mean, yeah. that's on top of all of this so yeah <laughs> and you're also working for three and 30 on the side yeah so. i was working for three and 30 yeah and
1: it, it was was a huge blessing because you're like my unofficial therapist i'm
0: sorry for that <laughs> <laughs> no i loved it and and likewise <laughs> both both ways oh But I did often wonder how you were juggling three and 30 with moving and four little ones and everything that you had going on. But I'm grateful that you felt that it was a blessing even in the midst of that crazy time. The women, the community, the content was lifting you up even as you were. Yeah, it was it was huge. I just don't know if I would have made time to listen. The
1: podcast. Yeah. You know, it can be really hard to hear other people's experiences and other
0: people's advice when you're not feeling very well, you know? So I'm just really, really grateful. Yeah. Well, I am so grateful for you. And I don't know exactly what our title is going to be yet. I'll figure it out before this airs, but something along the lines of how to manage when you have. Tons of little tiny kids at home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or like, lots of little kids it's really close, close in, in age. age yeah. Yes. When they're little. Yeah, because yeah. that's really
1: what we're focusing on today is those little years.
0: Yeah. So you have done this. You're kind of the expert on this now. You're still in it. I'm still now, in it. So tell us what your first takeaway is for kids close in age, little ones at home.
1: Yeah. So my first takeaway is to adjust your expectations and then adjust them again. Mm -hmm. So a little context for me, I have perinatal depression
0: with all my pregnancies. In case people don't know, what is perinatal depression specifically? Yeah, so
1: it's the term used for like depression while pregnant. During pregnancy. Yeah, during pregnancy. I manage depression otherwise. So it's not just, you know, during pregnancy or after pregnancy. I manage it all seasons of my life. But it comes on really strong when I start to get sick and pregnant. Mm. So yeah, on top of feeling nauseated and having indigestion and not having an appetite for the entire nine months, I'm just really low in spirits and it makes sense saying it out loud. Like, of course I feel low when I'm not physically feeling well, but -hmm. when I can see the rest of the world, when I can see the way they move through the world and how it feels like they're moving at a normal pace or a cheerier
0: pace, it just feels downright painful. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have been there. You know, I had a similar pregnancy Yeah, with Sally and it's incredibly difficult to maintain high spirits when you just feel so poor physically. And it feels like it will never end, even though like, logically, you know, it will end. Nine months feels like an eternity when you are sick that long and depressed that long.
1: It so, does. Yeah. And so like when my fourth was born, actually, both of my boys were like this. You kind of think there's definite relief when pregnancy is over and I'm so grateful to have my appetite back and to have kind of a surge of energy in a new way. But Mm -hmm. babies, some babies want to be held all the time. And Mm -hmm. so that's where adjusting your expectations again comes into play because it just feels like, oh shoot, I thought I was going to be more available, but now my hands are full and I'm holding Mm -hmm. the baby and it ebbs and flows through those early years. Some kids nap really well. Some play independently really well for long stretches of time. And some are just super anxious
0: and they just need you. Mm, Yeah. And I feel like with my kids, I've seen that they all go through, quote, easier phases and harder phases. Noah was colicky and an incredibly hard baby. But he was actually an easy toddler because he was so verbal and he could explain to me what he needed. So there weren't as many tantrums and things. And so the toddler years were a lot easier. Whereas with Sally, it was reverse. She was actually a really chill, calm baby, but she was a high maintenance toddler that really needed and wanted me all the time. She had a harder time with quiet time, independent play. And I've really come to realize that no kid is going to be perfectly easy for their mom. And they shouldn't be. That's not the point. And yet sometimes we act like it is. We act like, why is this kid making my life so hard? And it's like, well, they're a human being that's developing and going to have ups and downs. And did I just expect that they would be perfectly compliant their entire life Mm -hmm. and never make my life more difficult? So adjusting the expectation of the type of baby or child that they should be, it's difficult. It's not easy to, to accept. Like I have a higher maintenance child in this phase, but it's important to just adjust those expectations.
1: Yeah, exactly. And as you have a couple kids, it's so nice because you have that perspective and you can Mm. see like, oh, I know what this is, you know? And obviously our kids are all unique and they go through different phases, but a little bit of time with their kids and the phases and how quickly they grow out of hard phases and how mm-hmm. quickly sometimes they grow out of good phases. Like it's just, <laughs> we see it. And now my sister-in-law, Carly, and I joke, we live next door to each other. So we are really in each other's lives. And right now we always say like, oh, is so-and-so taking their turn today to have a bad day mm-hmm. or a mm-hmm. good day? And we're always <laughs> just like, oh, so grateful that they take turns.
0: <laughs> yeah, for the most part. And then there's yeah. those days when they both are on it. Yeah. Or all four in your case. When oh, they're all breaking down. Yeah. <laughs> and just remembering that these seasons will pass, these hard times, but also these good times will pass and holding on to them. And you have a really precious story I wanted you to share about a video that you have of your littles. Can you tell us about oh, that? Oh, yeah.
1: I've had this just really spontaneous video clip that I took and I posted it on Instagram a couple of years ago. Where three of my kids were circling our living room, like in the heat of this Charleston summer, and they're wearing these like beanies. One of them or two of them are wearing beanies. Like a winter beanie? Yeah, like <laughs> a winter beanie. They're circling our living room all in a row, singing Conga, Conga, Conga. And the house was just a mess. And June, who was naked, like leans down mid song to grab a half eaten pizza from the floor and just keeps on dancing. And It just cracks us up every time we see that video because, like, I could have just so easily missed that moment. Mm. But instead, we just are able to really make memories right in the thick of that messy time, you know? Yes,
0: yeah. And I can just picture it. June was, like, two years old, yeah, you know? And scooping up that piece of pizza from the floor and taking a bite and dancing. And you're like, what has my life become? Oh, totally. Like, where... How old is that pizza?
1: (laughs) And it sounds so cliche, but like we just plan on getting messy. We buy dish rags and bolts and we have a new couch now that's off limits. But our couch during those years, it was the trampoline, always a trampoline. (laughs) And it was our snack station. And I just look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would so not do that now. But at the time, it was a good way for me to safely compartmentalize my kids Mm. and
0: just... Pass out the snacks and embracing it and embracing your season and lowering your expectations for how clean you're going to be able to keep your house at that time is so important.
1: Yeah. With that said, though, I just think every mom thrives in having boundaries and structure in different ways. And so leaning into those ways that you do, like, for example, we have our kids in bed by seven when they're really small. And we transition to quiet time when they stop napping, which saved us. And evening is when Jeff and I would tidy the house and spend time together. Having just those boundaries and the structure that we didn't have was really important for me. And I know that, like I said, a cleaner house would probably be more important to some people than bedtime or whatever. But it was really our ritual. And Jeff and I felt like we got to connect and look each other in the eyes every day.
0: And then we just like park ourselves on the couch after that. Yeah. And talk, watch a show, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Connect. What I love about this takeaway, Molly, is that you're not saying have no expectations, but you're saying adjust them to your season and then adjust them again, depending on what you need and what you want and say, what matters most to me right now? It does matter tremendously to me that my kids are in bed by seven. Mm -hmm. And that's one I'm holding on to because it means I have more time to invest in my marriage and these Mm -hmm. other things. Yeah. But I'm letting go of the expectation that I'll have a perfectly clean house or that my kids won't jump on the couch or whatever. So have the expectations that matter most to you, but hold them loosely Mm -hmm. and be willing to adjust them and let go of some of those that may not be that important to you in this season of life. Exactly. Yeah. Let's pause this conversation for a moment to thank this episode's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by OutSchool. I first discovered OutSchool early in the pandemic when my kids were home with me 24-7, and I was looking for something fun and active for them to do independently. I saw an ad for a virtual dance class hosted by OutSchool based around the Disney TV series Zombies, and I knew my six-year-old daughter Sally would be all in. It was easy to get her signed up and very affordable, and we cleared out a space in our bonus room for her to log on to my computer, connect live with her instructor and the other students in the class, and dance her heart out for the next 30 minutes to do it like the zombies do. (laughs) This became a treasured part of her pandemic life routine. Outschool offers over 140,000 interactive online classes for kids pre-K through high school. Classes are actually fun and cover every interest you can think of, and some you would never think of. Video game design, cartoon animation, playing an instrument, speaking a language, creative writing, and so much more. They have classes to help your child brush up on a subject that they're struggling with in school, as well as study skills and life skills classes for children with ADHD and other special needs. Outschool has helped my kids get excited about learning, and they can help yours too. To learn more about all Outschool has to offer and save $15 off your child's first class, go to Outschool.com slash 3in30 and use the code 3in30. That's code 3in30 at O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash 3in30 to save $15 off your child's first class. Outschool.com slash 3in30. This episode is also sponsored by BetterHelp, the world's largest provider of therapy done 100% online. If you're feeling overwhelmed by the demands of motherhood, I truly cannot recommend therapy highly enough as a way to learn concrete skills to boost your emotional resilience, as well as just to give you a safe place to process your challenges, frustrations, and the ups and downs of everything you're learning as a mom. BetterHelp Online Therapy is a great option for busy moms because you don't have to find someone to babysit your kids and drive to and from appointments. You simply get the kids settled for their nap time or TV time, and you go to your room for an online session with your licensed professional counselor. I started going to counseling for the first time when I found myself completely drowning as a new mom, and I've continued with therapy for the past 10 years because it benefits me that much. I now see my counselor twice a month online, and I love the flexibility of doing it from home at a time that works best for me. If you'd like to give online therapy a try, go to betterhelp.com slash 3 30 for 10% off your first month. That's betterhel dot com slash 3 30 And then what is your second takeaway?
1: My second takeaway is to lean in. And we've talked about this a little bit, but I just wanted to share that when I find myself really frustrated with my kids, it's my cue that I need to stop what I'm doing and sit on the floor with them. Mm. Magic for us is reading a book aloud. Some days it means all the kids are sharing my lap and we're reading together. And for us, books initiate conversation they make us laugh and ask questions another thing I do is keep some toys in my closet in my room that they can't easily access like they have to ask for my help and so I will remember to go to that closet grab the blocks or the counting bears dump them out and just lay on the floor with them and play with them and I just feel like it's a transition into them playing more independently or feeling safe enough to talk about how they're feeling or what's going on Mm -hmm. to me the point it's not that we should always be on the ground giving our kids our full attention that's just not the point but we want to choose the times that we will let that whiny child tug on our pants while we're making dinner or do the dishes or two are fighting and you're worried about their physical safety which happens often to us Mm -hmm. just stopping what you're doing
0: and just deciding when those times are. Yeah, totally. I have felt this so often in my motherhood and many wise mentors have told me some version of this advice that when you feel like you need to escape, lean in. Yes. My good friend Taryn told me once something like, if you feel like you're drowning, immerse yourself. Which is beautiful. And, and that doesn't mean, again, that you have no boundaries, that you have no self-care, that you never take time for yourself. But in those times when you're like, I am drowning as a mom right now. Instead of fighting it, just grab a book and sit on the floor and read to them. Look them in the eyes. Yeah. Sort of like go with it. (laughs) You know, like I'm not going to be able to get work done today anyway. I can fight all day long and be frustrated with them to try to get this work done. Or I can accept it and lean in and connect and play with them and enjoy them and say tomorrow might be a work day. You know, that, that type of flexibility.
1: Yeah, so Taryn is actually where I heard that from first Mm. and it has always stayed with me I think because it's honestly really counterintuitive sometimes
0: it is everything in you saying like I need to escape this and then to have someone say no you need to actually lean into it yeah it's very counterintuitive
1: yes I joke like once a month I'm like I gotta get a job it's gotta get me out of this house full time and that's just kind of a little trigger to me of like, oh, okay, I'm just so overwhelmed right now. Not that getting a job would be a bad thing, but I'm not going to make that decision on my hard day or on my bad day.
0: Yes. And I love that you've identified what your easy things are that make you feel like a good mom or that get you yes. back into that place of connection. So you already know. So in the hard moment, you're not like, I want to lean in, but what do I even do? You know, okay, I grab the books. I grab the toys out of the closet. Boom. Get on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something yeah. any mom listening could think about. It's going to be different yes. for every mom listening. What is the thing that on those days you could easily have ready and grab? Another one for us when my kids were littler was going outside. Like sometimes yeah. I just knew if everybody was losing it, I was like, we're going. And just being outside helped so much. Turning on music and having a dance party. Yes. Is like a really quick thing to change the mood. But Prepping those ideas in advance, Mm -hmm. I think, is important. So when you're in the moment, you know what to do. Yes.
1: Even for my little babies, I notice that going outside. it just sort of like fresh
0: air or something that sort of snaps them out of what they're doing, you know? Yeah, that's so true. I love this advice, and I've seen you do it many times as a mom and lean into it, and I really admire this about you. And it's something I try to do even with my older kids with playing a board game or something where I'm like... I just need to sit down and connect right now. Yep. I got to stop fighting this and just lean into it.
1: That time on the ground with them is also a good time for me to apologize to them. Mm -hmm. And just say, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm acting this way. I'm feeling really anxious. I've just found that apologizing often really helps, especially in those moments where everyone's like taking a breath.
0: Yeah. You and I have that in common, where I know I mentioned the other day to you that I have become a masterful apologizer mm. since becoming a mom, and we've gotten really good at it in our house, apologizing, repairing, and moving forward with the day, both me and the kids.
1: Yes, and when you were saying that, I was just picturing my oldest, no, I was a relationship because we can hardly get through a full argument before we're just like running at each other with our arms open, you know, and she's like, I'm sorry, mom, I love you, you know, because we practice that so much. And it's just really, it's really sweet to see.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. And it's just a reminder of these relationships that we're building day in and day out in these messy moments with the conga lines and the pizza off the floor and the (laughs) tantrums like something beautiful is coming from it. It is. It so is. Yeah. I feel like that leads really well into your third takeaway.
1: Yeah. So a phrase I think about often is remember we are making memories. So this goes for the little moments when we're walking around and looking at worms and leaves. And it also goes for the chaotic times. I just feel like the deep mental health work I've done, like counseling, life coaching, listening to your show, Brene Brown, Brooks Snow, like they have helped me strengthen my stimulus response. I know that people have shared this on your show before, but I think it's important enough to say again, Victor Frankel is attributed to saying between stimulus and response, there is a space and in that space is our freedom to choose. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So good. This means for me that I am more easily able to observe what's going on around me and think before I react to my children. So my third child, June, has been such a gift to me. She was my breakthrough child, who I have been able to enjoy more as a toddler than with my older two. Mm -hmm. Anytime she wets her pants, which is still often, and she's almost four, Mhm. Or anytime she spills something, the first thing she says is, "But that's okay." <laughs> and it just makes me so happy to hear that because it really is okay. Mm-hmm. And she's gonna figure it out eventually. And if she doesn't, we can get the help we need.
0: Yeah. Isn't that such a relief? It's such yes. a relief to mother that way and to live that way. It's okay and we can get the help that we need. Mm-hmm. And knowing a little bit about your family. I know that June is one of your spicier children. Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) She's she's scrappy.
0: Yeah. Strong-willed. And so it's even more special to know that you've enjoyed her so much, even though you might have called her hard before. Yeah, exactly. But you've been able to have this shift of seeing, we're making memories. It's going to be okay. And to have this strength and stimulus response where... The instinct isn't to flip out or to yell as much. There's that moment where you get to choose and you get better at that in motherhood. You get better at it. It's just like, notice June says this stuff, not Nora, you know,
1: because I took things on heavier with my first and I expected more of her and I was harder of her. By the time she was June's age, she had two younger siblings. But now because of all that practice, I am helping June learn
0: alongside me. And Mm. it's just really
1: cool.
0: Yeah. And just how we talked about how you've gotten good at apologizing, you and Nora have both gotten good at that because you've done it so much. I feel like that's true of every emotional skill within motherhood of it gets easier. It gets easier to stay patient. It gets easier to not yell. It gets easier to do all the things that we do day in and day out as moms simply because we've had more practice. So if anybody's listening and they're feeling bad, that they haven't mastered this or they're not able to lean in as easily or whatever. Just know that the more you do it, the better at it you will become.
1: Yes, exactly. So a story I want to share of a time that I was able to kind of stay calm and enjoy the moment, even though it was chaotic. It was a few days before we were leaving Charleston and Nora Brooks were playing outside. The sun was going down. June and Mackie were super anxious and only wanted me to hold them. And we had some random like rice noodles left in the pantry that I was trying to boil. I kind of felt like, can I do one thing right? And it used to give my family something to eat, you know? <laughs> and Jeff picked up the U-Haul, was pulling in our cul-de-sac. He's got this 26 foot long truck <laughs> with a trailer to pull our van. It's basically jackknife in the entire cul-de-sac. No one can leave at this point. He's sweating bullets. He could have really used my help. But at that moment, my friend stopped in from church to say goodbye to me and to give me a gift. And uh, we really couldn't even hear each other talk because June and Mackie were crying so loud. She's like, oh, let me me try to take them. No, they wouldn't have it. My neighbor, who lives two houses down, who was our teenage babysitter, She hears them crying, runs to our house and is like, can I help? And they wouldn't have that either. They're just crying. And my friend is like giving me this painting. She painted of this ocean scene, which the ocean has just become so dear to me after living in the South. And we can't even hear each other talk. And (laughs) we're just laughing at this point. Just like, this is going to have to happen another time. Like she had to leave. And It's just such a funny and sweet memory because it really shows like the vulnerability that comes with the moving and how you just literally kind of fall apart. Mm -hmm. But I I wasn't embarrassed because
0: my children were acting appropriately. They were anxious and I can understand why. Yeah. And the connection of women. I can just picture it in that moment. Two moms who get it. Like yes, she yeah. she's a mom too. And yes. you're both just like, this is absurd. We're trying to have this special moment and it's, this is not the time. Yeah. It is not <laughs> going to happen. And this
1: is our last chance, you know, as far as in-person.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you were able to hold on to your calm and your perspective and stay in the moment because of these emotional skills that you'd practiced over the years.
1: Yeah. And I'm just grateful that I wasn't ashamed and that I did laugh
0: because There's plenty of times in life that are hard that stay with us. Yeah, totally. Well, Molly, this has been a beautiful conversation. I know it's going to be really healing for a lot of moms who are listening who are in this situation right now. They may have little ones at home and whether or not the number, it doesn't matter when you have little ones. It's intense. Yes, it doesn't matter. That is such an important emphasis. It could be one or two. Yeah. (laughs) It's so intense. It really is. And I mean, I only have two children and I relate so much to everything that you shared. I know this is going to give so much hope to so many women listening. And I'm just so, so grateful for the impact that you've had on 3 and 30 and the way that you have shaped how this podcast has grown and developed and all the content that has been on and the way you've helped me plan episodes and choose guests. Thank you for everything that you've done for the show. It really means so much.
1: Thank you, Rachel. I just love you so much. Thanks for giving me this chance to
0: share. I loved this conversation with my dear friend and colleague, Molly, and I hope it's uplifted you and reminded you that the work of motherhood is worth it. As crazy and chaotic as it sometimes feels, it is worth it. As we wrap up today's episode, I want to recap each of Molly's three takeaways, as well as give an action step to go along with each one, something that you can do today to hopefully lighten your load if you were in the trenches of mothering little ones. So first, adjust your expectations, then adjust them again. This looks like getting honest with yourself about the season of life you're in, accepting your limitations, and renegotiating with yourself about what you can reasonably expect of yourself and of your children right now. To make this takeaway actionable for you, may I suggest that you take a few minutes today to identify one expectation that you are going to let go of in this season of motherhood and one expectation that you want to hold on to because it really blesses you. Take a minute to do some journaling and write it down. Second takeaway, lean in. This means that when you are in the middle of a chaotic motherhood moment that makes you want to scream and run for the hills, take a deep breath or take 10 deep breaths, get down on your children's level and connect with them again to make this actionable for you take a few minutes today to brainstorm a couple of activities that are easy and always seem to lighten the mood and change the momentum in your home when everybody is losing it this might be pulling out a stack of children's books turning on a favorite dance song going outside grabbing the crayons and coloring or plopping down to play with legos make a list and put it on your fridge so the next time you're in a chaotic moment, you can look at it and remember how to lean in instead of running away. And third and finally, remember we are making memories. This is the mindset to hold on to in the good times and the bad. And one actionable thing I can suggest for this takeaway is to start using one of my Flex of Gold journals where you write down a golden moment that you are experiencing each day. This will help you recognize the memories even as they are happening and make sure that you never forget them or lose them because they are written down. You can purchase one of those journals at 3 and 30 podcastcom slash flexofgold. My friends, if you are in deep with littles right now, please remember that you are doing a really good job, truly. I am always rooting for you and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.